Sonic States. Hello and welcome to Sonic Talk Episode 6, uh, Sonic State Technology Podcast. Um, we've got a new guest this week. Um, his name is Holland Jones. He's a music technology journalist and reviewer, uh, also a bit of a Mac specialist, likes to dabble in all sorts of multimedia um, lectures at the university and writes books and is a jazz pianist and a producer. So he's currently mixing a new album uh, in Bristol, um, going to be coming out soon. Uh, we've also got Dave Spears from G Media, makers of such fine software instruments as the Mtron, Oddity, Imposca, Mini Monster Melaman, etc. We've also got Andy Jones, who's a long-time journalist in the field of music technology and uh, has been editing Future Music for quite some time. Now he runs his own PR company, uh, dealing with various music-related products. Welcome, everybody. How is everybody doing? How are you doing, Andy? How's, how's the sleep patterns? Oh, it's just hot. The baby's fine. It's the, the two other kids who are kicking off. The heat seems to be affecting everybody at the moment, don't they? I mean, that's... Uh, yeah. I don't know if you saw that story um, about uh, MySpace just disappearing for 12 hours. I was reading something about that, and, um, and, and it was sort of um, saying that it was quite embarrassing for them, really, because obviously they're very, very big, and they've now got a lot of financial backing. You know, it's, it's red FaceTime, really, when heat, if that's what it was, can, can take out your entire infrastructure and you don't have any backup. I do use MySpace and I actually run um, a couple of MySpace sites for Bristol bands. Um, and so I'm on there quite a lot. And it's really shaky all the time, actually. I don't know if anyone else has found it. Yeah, no, I find the buffering on that uh, on the audio stuff just really appalling. That needs to change. Well, I mean, they've got 100 million quid, I mean, or dollars, haven't they? I mean, Rupert Murdoch, didn't he spend that much on it? I mean, it must be. I mean, it's a hell of an application from what I've seen. I mean, I'm, I'm, I actually don't have any MySpace um, space at all. I know you, you have, Dave, haven't you? I mean, do, do you find it a kind of something that you can't live without? Um, I just find it really interesting. I mean, I, I, I originally kind of approached it as a, as a sort of non-company, you know, this is my music kind of area. Um, and yet what I've found is a load of the users have kind of followed me there. So I, I do a daily blog on mine. Now I have to be a little bit careful what I say, which is a shame. But, I mean, I've bumped into people that I've known for years, you know, and you lose touch with people over the years, and uh, I've bumped into people on there and kind of rekindled, you know, real friendships, as it were, which has been brilliant. And and there's some awesome music up there. What I did like about the fact that it crashed for 12 hours was that um, they put a game of Pac-Man up, so you could just play Pac-Man for 12 hours instead, and um, I'm not sure they had that many complaints, really. <laughs> Well, that's an interesting. One. I mean, MySpace is free, though, isn't it? I mean, it's not like anybody's. Oh, it's paid. totally free. Yeah. Do you think they're maybe having to head towards a model where they charge for some of the higher, sort of, bandwidth elements? Anything that's successful is going to going to head towards a charging model eventually, isn't it? They're they're, they're always going to go for towards that. I think they have tons of advertising, of course. Um, yeah. They, they, what you tend to see now, I, I, I think it's since the the buyout by by Murdoch is that whenever there's a huge Hollywood film out, um, like X-Men 3 and like Pirates of the Caribbean, they, when, what they start doing is they start putting um, film promo backgrounds in, in all the sort of login pages. Are people actually making money out of iSpace? Can you sell stuff on it or you know, link to places where, where you can yeah, you make can, money? I don't think they do directly sell anything. That's all about raising profile and getting these, this kind of endless list of fake friends together to uh, you know to, to boost your profile and get you everywhere I saw something called a, a MySpace friend adder which I assume is some kind of automated way of inviting you know thousands of people to be your friends 
but it does rather take the fun and personality out of it if you just have a, an automated system running to do it for you that's pretty sad yeah well it is isn't it really yeah, <laughs> Auto- yeah it's pretty- automatic friend finder yeah <laughs> Is it is it easy to have to raise your head above the parapet though? I mean, there's just so many and so much there. How do you get noticed? That's the problem. That is always going to be the problem, isn't it? Whenever anything becomes successful, it's that everyone's going to go there, and then you've got to do so much to to get noticed. You know, it's it's past the time now, isn't it? Really. I mean, Arctic Monkeys are uh, are saying they didn't know anything about MySpace. Now, even they're turning their back on it. Yet most people would cite the site as being one of the, the factors of their success. So I don't know. It's one of those things. How many people of that that reputed 100 million users are active? I mean, because if you signed up, you know, however, I don't know when it started, but if you signed up all that time ago and you haven't done anything for it since, does it, do your account become deactivated? Do your username go back into the pool for circulation? How does that work? Does anyone know? No, you, you don't get deactivated automatically. I've been hanging around up there for, for donkey's years now. No one's kicked me off. I, I go back there occasionally to see if anything's happened, but I never really pushed things in the first place. So, so they, don't, they don't kick you off or anything like that. I'm not, I haven't even had an email saying, well, what's happening, mate? You know, that sort of thing. It's been there for ages. I'm surprised they haven't even sent you an email just to kind of hit you with some Murdoch marketing mumbo-jumbo, so, yes, really. Um, Yes, am I? I think that's an interesting point because I, it was started as it, it's kind of you know it's a real hippie vibe. It's they called itself a place for friends. So I think that it, despite the fact that it's now owned by Global Corp, um, I think that they would be very cautious about starting to send out you know targeted commercial emails. Please buy this product, sort of thing, because I think that would. Um, it, it, there's a chance that it would trigger quite a backlash because it's always been such a hippie sort of freedom of you know freedom yeah, of information sort of place. Um, so yeah, it was really hard to search. I mean, I went to the front page and said, "All oh, right, I'll look for Dave Spears' site because he told me he had a blog there." And the first search box you come to doesn't actually search MySpace at all. It searches via Google. So I had to go in a bit further and before I could find a, a, a search function that was useful. I think people do troll it by keyword as well, because for instance on my page, I made one very small reference to an ARP 2600 um, and said that I used it a lot. It was sort of, you know, it was really small. And I got an email, uh, a, a friend request from some random guy in America um, who sent, and then sent me a message and said um, we also like the ARP 2600. I mean, that, there's a job you don't want, really, having to sit there and, and, and sift out bogus MySpace sign-ups. Imagine how, what the burn rate on um, turnover on people who are doing that job is. Hi, I'm mic'd up and ready to tell you about Technomania, the new video cast from sonicstate.com. Check it out, dude. The outer limits of extreme technology from Technomania. Coming soon to SonicState.com. SonicState.com. Okay, um, I mean, Microsoft uh, are announcing Zoom, which uh, they're attempting to to, uh, to go up against the whole iTunes, iPod kind of uh, dominance of the market. Um, Andy, you you know a little bit about this, is that right? The actual name Zoom is, is, is a, a broad header for the technology, the hardware and the software of this new iPod-killing technology. Where have we heard that before? Uh, I mean, it, it's it's not a one particular device. They have announced one, which is a, a Wi-Fi music player. But there are people saying, and this is this is the thing. This is it's everybody else saying it. it's not necessarily Microsoft saying it. There are other people saying that there'll be a games device, there'll be a video playback device, and eventually Zoom will be one, all singing, all dancing, multimedia portable device. Which thank God I need one. I've got so many portable 
devices and, and battery chargers and I need a bloody utility belt to carry around with this, the stuff I've got. I just need one device, so that would be good, but it's not that device yet. Have they said anything about what sort of formats they're going to be using? I mean, is it just going to be WMV, a vehicle to promote their... You'd think they would, you know, they can't kick Apple out. It would have to, it would have to be iTunes compatible, surely. There's no way now in this sort of connected world where everybody wants to put everything everywhere that you can start pushing people about by changing the formats and saying, right, well, all your stuff yeah. is in, you know, it's just, it's bad enough would, as it is now. You would have thought with the, with the number of people who have iPods that after ripping, I mean, I'm doing it at the moment, I'm ripping my entire CD collection to my new iPod. It's taking a bloody long time because I'm doing it all legally. I'm not going, I'm not downloading anything from any other websites. I'm, and I'm selecting tracks that I'm not going to listen to ever again. But I don't want to do it again. You know, once I've done it this time, I'm, I don't want to do it again. I'm sure, surely not alone in that. <laughs> no, definitely not. I'm, I'm contemplating it at the moment. We've just um, removed all the RCDs from the uh, the front room to, to repaint, and I'm thinking, hmm, maybe this is a this is a sign. Maybe I should not put them back and just stick them on a great big hard drive and not worry about it anymore. Anybody mm. else do that? Uh, I've got again, all contemplating it, contemplating it, but just haven't got the time to do it yet. I've, I've, I've already ripped all of my CDs once uh, to the PC Creative Labs jukebox format, which isn't the same as an iPod. And the, the, since I ripped them, I haven't touched one of them. They're all in those big, you know, those big cases where you can get 250 CDs in, in each case without the... Pl thrown all the plastic cases away, kept the uh, paper wallets or whatever, uh, yeah. the CDs themselves, and I haven't touched them since I've ripped them to MP3. I suppose the only thing that kind of I find a bit makes me a bit nervous about all this is uh, what happens when you want to listen to them in sort of high quality sort of audio file mode. I mean, is, is MP3 going to give you what you need? I, I've been ripping all of my stuff to 320, the, the highest quality. There's a piece on the BBC Technology News website uh, today um, about, I only saw the headline, I haven't read the whole thing, but um, it's a new... Um, portable music player that's being developed for audio files um, with wireless capability but it works with uncompressed or not very compressed files so FLAC or WAV or AFE and this is uh, it's, it's independent of, of Microsoft or Apple or, or Zen or anyone like that would storage still be the problem there? Because you're going to need uh, phenomenal amounts of space <laughs> yeah you're going to need four, three or four hundred gigs to to get the the highest quality mp3 converted to wav aren't you so it's whether anybody can get that kind of drive small enough i guess yeah i mean it may end up being a house brick you know <laughs> yeah sure. microsoft zoom will just have to wait and see i mean it's i wonder if, if the zoom thing you know will end up like windows vista being very late and coming in seven different versions good luck to bill hey eh? he needs a bit of success he needs the cash as well Anyone seen this new MIDI controller, the C3 Music Axis? I, um, I got an email from a, a guy who um, used to tour manage The Cure, actually, and he said um, that he got an email from uh, a guy called Roger O'Donnell, who used to play keyboards for The Cure, who's uh, involved in some way in uh, in developing it. And Dave, you've you've actually had your hands on this thing, haven't you? Yeah. I mean, I love this whole kind of alternative controller thing, and I think this is quite clever, and uh, it appears to be British, so the Underworld guys have been using it for a while, and uh, it's just brilliant for those kind of happy accidents, and I think it's going it, to, you know, it takes a bit of time to master, but again, it's fun, 
if I just describe it for a minute, I mean, it, what they call it is uh, is a harmonic table keyboard layout, uh, and it's sort of like a huge matrix of honeycomb style buttons with various colour codings and and groupings um, that presumably have some form of uh, logical you know use uh, a, a couple of wheels an lcd and a few buttons and what have you i mean presumably it's uh you know it's built that way for a purpose and um you know like you said happy accidents but can you actually use it also for for something you know that you need to be able to play or how does that work yeah i mean if you if you look at it you've got the kind of hexagons and then more hexagons around the blue hexagon the kind of central one triggers the note and then you've then you can each of the ones surrounding it can give you a different harmonic or a different uh, part of a chord. So you can have major third, minor seventh, you know, whatever. But for me, it's just that kind of hands-on, right, muck about with it and get those things that happen in between the notes on your normal keyboard. I love that. That's why I love, you know, things like ribbon controllers and all sorts. Of are they in full production or are we still in prototype stage? Do we know? Yeah, it seems like it's the finished deal. Yeah. Anything anything like that, like the, uh, we keep talking about the Lima, anything like that that adds a different dimension into into MIDI control rather than just a plain old keyboard has got to be a good thing to my mind. I mean, it's not the sort of thing I'd use. It looks far too complicated. I just want a one note, one dial MIDI controller for my music. I had a look at this on the website and it, and it looked really interesting, although I, I suppose I would describe myself as a classically trained piano player. Um, so the, the whole concept just seemed really alien to me. It looked very interesting, though. Um, although I suspect, just like when I tried to learn the guitar, that after half an hour I'd give up and just go back to my 88 keys because I really learned. Does anyone know how much it costs? Uh, I think it's between 650 and 850 quid. Don't okay. quite yeah. that. Dave's right. It's absolutely right. 650 to 850. I was speaking of new things. I know, Andy, you... you uh... I, uh, I, I do the PR focus when I am innovation, and I also do a, a lot of the content, edit the content for SSL's website. So, obviously, Duende and Liquid Mix are both interesting products from my point of view. But I, I haven't actually had a chance to try either of them. I mean, I'm just going on magazine reviews at the moment, and they, they seem to be doing very, very well. Both well, I got um, a Duendi dropped off in the office the other day. The uh, Jim from SSL popped down. I start. I ran it up into my Mac and plugged it in, and it all seemed to work very nicely. And the plugins actually do sound great. But the the SSL sound is is very much in the forefront, and particularly in sort of pop at the moment. And um, the EQ and the bus compressor do sound fantastic. I put it across a couple of just masters, and just dropped to drop the mix bus in and it it sounds bloody great i mean it really does they say on the packaging audio glue for your mix and you know you can't you can't really disagree with that it does do something i don't know what it does but it definitely improves things and i don't know um whether anybody else has had uh, a look at the liquid mix but i mean obviously we did some video demos of of it at the shows not first hand i can tell you what the future music guys say it's a pleasure to use Sure, going out and buying a bunch of vintage analog gear for computer users is the best way to inject many classic flavours into your mix. Isn't it quite cheap as well? The um, is it the focus right one that seems yes. very reasonable. Five hundred, I think the Duende's. It's about a grand, yeah. But the, the the thing that they're very keen to point out with the uh, Duende system is it's actually got a card from their uh, one of their digital desks, so it's not just emulation. It's actually it's. It's hardware, and they guarantee you 32 channels of their stuff, so you can get 32 channels out of it. And the other thing about the Duende, and I'm not sure if this is the case of the Focusrite, but the Duende's got um, these Dice 2 chips in it, which means 
it's going to have all sorts of other capabilities because DICE 2 chips allow you to plug in inputs and outputs and have all sorts of uh, DSP based power and networking facilities in there as well so there may be some more things coming up that take advantage of it yeah both both great products I wonder with these sorts of products um, as computers get more powerful um, whether they're going to have to uh, become like you were saying there's potential to, to turn is it the, the duende into a you know a multifunctional thing as well as just a DSP device. Um, I wonder whether they're going to have to sort of diversify a little bit in, in the future. Because I remember um, looking at a PowerCore Firewire a few years ago. From you, actually, Nick, I think it was. Uh, and at the time, I had a G4 400, and, um, and it did, you know, add um, a fair bit of processing power to um, Cubase, which I was using at the time. Um, but now I've got this G5 Dual 2.5, which is a real beast, and I run, you know, I run all sorts of waves plugins, all sorts of NI stuff, um, and I, I really still thrash it, and I still can't make it fall over. And it and it's nearly two years old now, you know. Um, and the laptop I'm talking to you on now has got a, um, a dual core, two gigahertz Intel chip in it. Won't it be simply because they they have to keep it in a separate hardware box to try and avoid the piracy issues? And isn't that really why people are, are starting to bring out more of these DSP boxes? Yeah, I think it must be. I mean, because, you know, the SSL and Focusrite are those very big brands and, you know, they're, they're, it's a way to protect their investment. I mean, the piracy issue is a major hassle, isn't it? I mean, what do you think, David? Do you think that's probably part of their strategy? Uh, yes, definitely. And the SSL thing I find really, it's, it was sort of one of those pivotal moments as soon as I kind of saw it. And, I mean, I haven't heard it yet, but it was like, Jesus Christ, I remember doing an album at the Roundhouse in like the late 80s. It was 2,000 quid a day. It had an SSL desk. But, I mean, the thought that, you know, 20 odd years later that this is now, able, you're able to run this kind of stuff from your laptop is pretty stunning. Well, I think also it has to, has to be said that um, it's a major shift in direction for SSL having spoken to the guys they're really pleased with the outcome and they're going to be doing a lot more of this kind of thing it's, it's, it's a new direction for the company it's as simple as that well they, they knew they had to get it right because I mean they can't go to all yeah. this trouble and then it not sound very good um, yeah. and you know to my ears it does sound pretty good you don't want people thinking oh SSL doesn't sound very good based on a duende that somebody might have heard so you know they've made sure it comes up with the goods <laughs> So, has anyone found anything good on YouTube recently? Dave, we, we saw the, 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 the link that you passed through, and I, I basically, what would you say it is? It's the, it's the keyboard player from Jamiroquai in his studio, pointing a video camera at him with his kind of home setup, it looks like his home writing setup, and he's just showing how easy it is to layer up and make a kind of little piece of music. And obviously, it sounds great because he's a brilliant keyboard player. Um, and that's it, really. I mean, he's done, he's done it in a very sort of non-flashy kind of meek and mild way so it's just quite an interesting little thing yeah matt's phenomenal keyboard player i just thought it was a really cool thing somebody emailed it to me saying oh, yeah, go and check this out in fact it was the jamiroquai guitarist but uh i went and checked it out and i just, just really like the idea of you know a kind of high profile name dude taking time out to go look kids you can do this and it's actually reasonably simple as long as you vaguely know what you're doing and i loved his but tagline at the end uh, which was uh, sorry to have bored those of you who aren't even vaguely interested in this. <laughs> what I did, what I did like about it was that he made it look so easy. But he's a great, obviously a great player, isn't he? And he did, uh, and he was lining everything up in the loop brilliantly. And he did make it look far easier than what it possibly should be. But um, far better than, than me showing people with a one-fingered keyboard style. I like the way he um, he sort of messed up the first take of the drums. Oh, uh, wasn't that brilliant? Yeah. Because I, I didn't know who he was, and I was thinking, 
is this going to be any good? Because to my ears, it was sort of, wow, this is a bit of a wacky rhythm. I didn't realise it was going in that kind of slightly James Brown sort of uh, funky, funky we, direction. We need more One people other, like that. Sonic State. One other YouTube-related uh, thing. I, I, I always go up there with the, the great intention of trying to find some music technology related stuff and always just end up looking for old 80s synth bands and um, I did a, I found a couple of old Human League uh, performances on there and they're, they're, they're just brilliant I mean these, we're talking pre uh, dare and pre popularity here uh, there's one what, track reproduction doing, yeah and there's well there's one track they did called being boiled on Granada TV Oh, and they that. and they and they they did it live. The whole thing is literally live, and there's just the most amazingly terrible synth solos you can imagine, uh, but brilliant at the same time. Do you know what I mean? It's just amazing to watch it, uh, you know, and, and sitting behind these banks of synths and attempting to do the whole damn thing live on TV in 1978. Just brilliant. Well, they were. Brilliant. They. I mean, a lot of their early early stuff before they got into Maroda, and you know, there's a really good album yeah. that I think people should check out if they're like into the Human League or into electronic music and it's called Reproduction mm. and it's got some crackers on it there's no quantization. it's obviously all just played in it doesn't sound like they use a sequencer because some of it's dreadfully out of time one of my all time favourite albums and, and I think on that one they, they've also got a cover of You've Lost That Loving Feeling I which, think that's brilliant um, with a lot of very nice just, ring just modulation superb. Yeah, yeah, it's just really for nine, it's 78, 79, something like that. Yeah, just, no, it's a, it is a good album. One of my favourites is, uh, is is that album, in fact. And uh, I, you lost that loving feeling. I do like that. I don't know mu- very much at all about Human League stuff. For many, it was um, what was that song? You know, "Don't You Want Me, Baby" was the one, yeah. wasn't it? That kind of brought that that gave them international success. But before that, they were a kind of dour Sheffield band trudging round doing all these support acts for punk bands and just getting spat at it's endlessly it's quite funny i think history will look at look back at them and because everybody will know them by everything they did after dare but i think funnily enough that musical history will look back at the first two albums with a lot more interest because they're for the time they're just extraordinary and it's not pop it's just it's just total no one else no other bands in the uk were just doing totally electronic albums apart from maybe cabaret voltaire people like that well they, they were, were also from Sheffield make, weren't they so yeah they were trying to make it popular they weren't getting anywhere they split into two other bands and then came out with Dare and sold millions it's, a, it's, it's an amazing story but I happen to think the first two albums were by far and away better than anything uh, that they've done since and, and I think they'll stand the test of time yeah I would agree there I think, uh, I mean, I don't know if anyone's been saying we've been doing a kind of few series of uh, sort of artist profiles and I'd like to do something on, on uh, Human League. So if anyone finds any, any links on YouTube of uh, interesting old performances, um, perhaps I could well, send them check, through. Check those ones out, Nick. They're, they're just brilliant. They're a, re- a, good, a good laugh as well. Sonic State. Well, I've got, I, 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 the only reason I mentioned albums is because I've just reviewed, I've, I only review albums once a month. And um, for once, I've reviewed some good ones. I, I normally get sent some dreadful old uh, you know small label stuff but I thought it might be worth just running through a few of the ones that yeah go on see if we've ever heard of these or um, first one is a band called Junior Boys it's their second album it's called So This Is Goodbye it's kind of um Oh, synth pop with an edge. Um, they've, they've got a single just coming out called In the Morning, which I started ripping to my iPod even before it finished. It's so good. Um, they're really good. The second one, this is just an amazing one. It's by a, a band called Kings Have Long Arms. I think it's just a solo guy, but he, he's managed to get on his... I think it's his debut album. He's managed to get 
Ray Dorset from Mungo Jerry, Andy Rourke and Mike Joyce from The Smiths, and Phil Oakey to uh, to sing on one of the tracks. And it's just amazing. I've described it as Mike Skinner on a road trip with Dave Byrne with the no- German novelty synth poppers trio sitting in the back seat playing I Spy. Da, da, da. Uh, yeah, that's it. Da, da, da. Uh, there, there are songs about Bardwells, which is, a, which is a shop in Sheffield. We come back to Sheffield where the Human League and I assume Cabaret Voltaire used to buy their synths. Um, and there's a sex ballad dedicated to pigeons on there as well. It's just amazing. And I have to mention... Uh, Product 01 who uh, a, a, a journalist friend of mine his new album's out and it's it's brilliant kind of hot electro I hate to say electro clashing gold frat but it's along those lines and then the album's called Bullet Ride okay well we'll, we'll uh, put some links up to those and people can check them out yeah and Holland um, when's your album going to be finished and how would you describe it it's going to be finished um, very very soon we've, we've done most of the mixing we've got three tracks left to mix um, and then we're just going to master it um, what's it like it's Colombian hip hop um, which is an interesting description um, but it's not sort of traditional uh, just beats and samples and shouting the band's called Serious Music okay although we're not very serious but. well perhaps when it's done you can uh, come on and tell us a bit about how you made various elements and stuff that would be good so it just remains to me to uh, thank our guests that's Andy Jones thanks very much cheers uh, Dave Spears thank you and Holland Jones thanks Nick for joining us okay thanks and we'll speak to you next time okay that about wraps it up thanks very much to our guests uh, please remember you can contact us using Skype on the handle Sonic Talk uh, we've got an answer phone there you can leave a message uh, we'd love to hear from people um, want to include some of that stuff in future podcasts um, if you haven't got Skype you can ring us on 312-376-8089 that's in the US and outside the US uh, 001 for the US 312-376-8089 or of course there's the old fashioned email uh, which is sonictalk at sonicstate.com all of those will be in the show notes thanks again sonic state.com